Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 20 with Dr. Liz Gross. Uh, Really fun, awesome conversation uh, about her story and her current work with Campus Sonar, a higher ed social listening agency. Um, so do, they're doing really cool, uh, you know, kind of geeky stuff there, uh, which I really appreciate. So uh, just talk a little bit more about that and just what uh, Liz is geeking out about right now. Uh, a lot of cool stuff that she shares. And um, yeah, as always, everything we talk about uh, that you can find online will be in the show notes. Uh, but be sure to connect with Liz if you have uh, any questions or uh, comments. Uh, always great to hear folks uh, enjoying the show on social media. Um, but also uh, just make sure you kind of review and subscribe and just uh, yeah, just continue to share the show out. It really does help us out uh, to connect with more uh, folks who would be interested. So uh, with that and after a brief message from our sponsor... This is episode number 20 with Dr. Liz Gross. It's an honor to have our good friends at Swiftkick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, Swiftkick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention Higher Ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out, swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you, uh, you know, taking some time out here. Um, I'll link back to um, the old episode, uh, you know, somebody who is kind of a return guest for me first time yeah. on, you know, the High Art Geek podcast here. But um, so we'll kind of you can flash back to that episode if you're interested. Uh, but I just knew that you were like a cool person to talk to. And I think the current endeavor that you're on, which sort of made me curious to talk to you now, um, I think, you know, it seems like you're very much taking up the mantle of like kind of geeking out and nerding out about, you know, the things that you do and um, kind of how you navigate uh, you know, the social world. So, um, yeah, I guess, so if you want to just give the real quick, uh, to start out, you know, the brief introduction of who you are and how you got to be where you are today, and then we'll get to all the other stuff. My name is Liz Gross and how I got to where I am today, uh, doesn't necessarily make any sense, but, um, I started in higher ed straight out of college, you know, as a student leader, Um, then I worked for a student organization coordinator for a a national professional association, then spent seven years in a couple of different roles on campus, mainly marketing focused. And then for the last five plus years, I have been working in one capacity or another in higher ed adjacent work, uh, for Great Lakes Higher Education Corporation. So I started over here as their social media strategist, then became their social media and market research strategist then became the market insights manager, and late last year in October of 2017 was given the opportunity to found a brand new business within Great Lakes. So that was when I became the founding director of Campus Sonar, and now my gig is to geek out every day about social media, social listening, and how we can apply those insights to impact campus strategy. Yeah, it's very cool stuff, and um yeah, I think, and it's, I know a lot of hard work went into, you know, just having this exist for you now, but just like from the outside, it was just cool to see. Cause I think like things that you were sharing that you were doing all that, like seeing this like slow segue towards like, you would talk about this thing that I felt like 
gained a lot of traction. Like a lot of people wanted to, to hear about it. And just like you can now kind of like really go, at, you know, all in on um, social listening where, you know, uh, yeah, it was just kind of funny. Like seeing that like, you know, uh, gradual sort of move in that direction because I think it is something that's really valuable and really unique. And um, yeah, so it's just uh, really cool to see. Um, but I guess, you know, thinking back to if it's, you know, whatever sort of anecdote or thing that you can think of, um, like if there is a core of your college experience, you know, when you were just kind of coming up and getting started, um, like what do you feel like your college experience gave you personally or professionally that, you know, you still keep with you and maybe use today, um, any sort of knowledge or a connection or, um, anything like that, whatever you might be able to think of. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them, you know, I, I was trying to prep for a couple of these questions and this was not in what I prepped, but I think about, I minored in technology and new media arts Mm -hmm. at the university of Wisconsin, Stevens point in the early two thousands. So the whole tech and new media thing looked a lot different 15 years ago (laughs) than it does now. Um, but that really helped me realize like how all the foundational work that I'd been learning in business classes and communication classes was going to apply to things that didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. So that was that was really helpful, like helping me really build some frameworks that were flexible for whatever changed with technology or media. But beyond that, uh, I got a ton of leadership experience in college. Um, I was co-president of one student organization, president of another. I was an RA. And I just assumed, you know, once I graduated that everyone else that I was entering the workforce with knew how to write a meeting agenda and run a meeting and run a conference and run an event. Um, Like I'm sure a lot of student affairs folks do, but that was like all of those soft skills that have been so important in every single one of my jobs since I really developed in my student employment and my extracurriculars in college. I also have been very surprised at how much my undergraduate network is still playing a role in my life now, you know, 14 years after graduation. I haven't said that before. That makes me feel old. Uh, <laughs> it's all coming for all of us eventually. Kind of thing. I'm just like, you know, it's just how it goes. How it goes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, people like my advisor in one of those student organizations, I now talk to regularly because mm-hmm. she's a peer now. Mm-hmm. Um, people that were my teachers then are now my colleagues. And the, of course, the people I went to school with, some of my very, very good friends are still a part of my professional network, even if we don't talk regularly. So Really understanding how, you know, 10 plus years ago, the people I met in a role that is completely different from what I do now are still valuable and we have important professional conversations on a regular basis. And I really didn't expect that to happen going to a regional you know, fairly open access public school. That's not one of the selling points, <laughs> but it's, it, it's definitely true. So I see a lot of remnants of my college experience, both personally and professionally. And I still go out of my way to meet up with alumni from UW-Stevens Point whenever I can. I met up with one last week when I was at South by Southwest. So. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I get, it's like, part of that I feel like is like you're getting what you put out there like it's sort of like yeah you're like you know maintaining certain connections and I think in our modern world and you know we have a lot of other things jockeying for our attention it doesn't even matter that it's like well I don't talk to this person like every week or every month or whatever but it's like people that you you know shared an experience with or um 
you know, you just kind of, I don't know, put, putting in some effort, like it shows and it matters. And I know for me, it's like, you know, I feel like probably a deeper connection with other people from my like, graduate school cohort. But then um, I always know, like, you know, my alumni groups with University of Delaware I went to undergrad would, you know, welcome me and have tried to like, at least keep that in the back of my mind of, you know, if I were to need sort of a new social group or something that, you know, we have alumni all over the place. Um, and then, yeah, just generally, in addition to all the just like people, it's like, I think similarly for me, like it just gained, like you're kind of getting at like your leadership style and skills and just confidence and all that, where you might not think of like a oh, one particular moment where I was just like, Oh, I feel like i now know how to run a meeting. It's just like, you cultivated that. And then like later on, you're just like, wow, this is really useful. <laughs> like, you know, you maybe yeah. take it for granted or something, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's really cool. Just like that, that very, you know, uh, great plethora of things that you uh, got from your college experience that yeah, you're still able to use today. And yes, it's a while, but for me, you, you maybe just think that like, I'm getting into those weird like milestones of just like, well, like I started college over 10 years ago and like I'm approaching my 10 year anniversary from like, you know, just like, these waves of, you know, epiphanies and stuff. But it's like, yeah, you know what, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, but, uh, is this what middle age is like? I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and I guess, um, yeah, I mean, so all these things have kind of led you to be where you are now. And like, I was sort of getting it, like, I've just kind of admired that you kind of found something that you, you know, really geek out about, you enjoy sort of exploring and has really, um, sort of met a market need or, you know, you've kind of found a niche for it and that sort of thing. So like, you know, now you've been doing it for a couple of months now, like, what do you really enjoy most specifically about the current work that you're doing? And, um, yeah, just kind of getting into that a little bit more. So, uh, for the last 10 years, whenever somebody asked me what I wanted to do in the future, I responded kind of nonchalantly with, I want to be doing whatever I want. Um, and people, you know, would laugh and be like, Oh no, really, what do you want to do? And I said, really, I want to be doing whatever I want. I want to have some sort of some self agency and leadership in what I do. And that's actually what I do now, which is kind of amazing. So, um, I love that we're building something out of nothing in a space where there's really nobody to compare ourselves with, to follow along or to compete with, because we are building a market category. If you want to use the business terms, as we go. So I definitely, you know, rely on mentors and networking and reading to help figure out what we're doing. But when someone asks what's next, like what's our next move, how are we going to do those things? I get to make a decision based on what I think and authoritatively say, well, here's what's next. And that's what's next. And I have not had that sort of leadership opportunity in my life yet. So I'm loving doing that. I also love that I work with an amazing team um, individually, they're all rock stars. There were well over a dozen people that helped contribute to the launch of this, as well as the ongoing maintenance of the business. And what we can do together is so much more than I would have been able to do if I was launching this from my basement. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I just love that they are all super invested. They're having a good time. And when I leave for a conference, every time I come back, they've done something new that solved a problem I didn't know we had. And just watching them grow, I, I really hope that not only am I having the time of my life and helping out a bunch of campuses, but I am also giving people a place where they can grow their own career and find their own strengths. So I'm just really excited about everything we're doing. I also feel really strongly about me working in 
the higher ed adjacent space Uh where I'm helping campuses but not working on a campus because we're scaling solutions and innovation in a way so dozens, if not hundreds, of campuses can benefit. Um, And that's more than I ever would have been able to do with campus-based employment, even if I made it to an executive leadership position. So I I love that we're being innovative, we're having fun, we're blazing new trails, and we're bringing campuses along with us so they can benefit as well. Uh Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, just like unique in so many ways. Yeah, like, because yeah, you could have theoretically, you know, tried to get venture capital and start this as like an independent, you know, startup, whatever. And like, but you have like, you have the appropriate freedom that I feel like you want and need from how you're saying it, but also, you know, sort of backing and supporting and, you know, uh, kind of some scaffolding and stuff to help you. Um, and then you have just other people they can get, you know, assistance from as well. But, um, like it kind of, you know, you, you could have done this on your own, but you didn't have to, yep. and it, you know, it's thriving, you know, thusly. So, um, yeah, just like, yeah, just so much yeah. new, you know, it's just like nothing else like exists and like, yeah, you're, you know, blazing trails and creating stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. People yeah. ask me all the time, you know, why didn't you do it by yourself? Um, and, and for a while I was kind of hesitant as to whether I should or not, but I'm really glad I went the way I did. Cause if I did it by myself, Either it would grow so slowly because I'd be using my own capital to run the thing that it would take years to get where we've already gotten in six months. Or if I went out and got some investors, right, then I've got to do what they say because it's it's their money. So I chose basically to use my employer as my investor because I believe in the nonprofit mission of our company. And it's worked out well in that the people that I hire have salaries and benefits and I don't have to worry about making payroll and I can focus on just doing what we need to do for the business, not worrying where our revenue is going to come from or if we have enough investment left for the next month because we have the whole corporation behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure if like, you know, I've continually learned a lot more about sort of the higher ed adjacent and tech landscape and stuff. Because I'm sure this happens in other, like, or I, I know it does, like, other companies and stuff. And I'm just not even sure if anything like this, like, sort of, like, incubating uh, a company. And, like, because theoretically, you know, how my understanding of these things, how they can work, is that, like, if it got to a certain point where, you know, it was generating a lot of revenue, you know, or there was just kind of a change in the point of view, it could be, like, oh, it's spun off now into its own, like, independent thing. You know, they might just sort of do something else. But, yeah, it's just it's so unique that, you know, a company that could sort of incubate something like this and provide a great service that people want and, you know, um, utilizes people's skill sets and all that. And, that, you know, yeah, you're a startup, but, you know, it's not all these people jumping off a cliff together. You know, it's you can have everybody have a sense of stability while they are, you know, embarking on this adventure. So, um yeah, right. I've I've really really warmed up to the the phrase entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. that's really what I feel that we're doing and it's you know I get to do a lot of entrepreneurial things but there's definitely a different slant to it when you're within an established organization. Yeah. Um Cool. Well, um, I guess kind of moving past that, you know, you're definitely, you know, uh, which I appreciate, you know, geeking out about the, you know, at times like nerdy work of analyzing data and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, personally, um, I feel like from my understanding of your, you know, just your personality and everything, you know, kind of like a geeky, nerdy sort of personality, like really getting into stuff and like, you know, um, kind of figuring out like the best way to do that, you know, like you get, you kind of take what you do seriously, um, kind of getting into like all the background information, that sort of thing. So 
you know, what are some things that you geek out about, you know, currently and just kind of in your personal life? And are there any things that you have like always been into stuff that you've maybe discovered more recently, you know, however you want to kind of tackle the question? Yeah, it's nice that you call it geeking out because my husband calls it like obsessive personality. (laughs) (laughs) It's just rebranding, right? It's it's not a bad thing. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's there's really other than work, like three things I super geek out about. Um, and everyone says, well, a lot of people say they like these three things, but like really it's detailed research, everything. Um, and that would be travel, uh, food and fine dining and vegetable gardening. So like, I'm always planning at least 12 months out for our next big travel trip. And I'm also scheming to do it for as low cost as possible in terms of flights and hotels. So I, I've got this whole travel hacking thing always going on in the back of my head. But then I also will plan out our itineraries like hour by hour a year mm. in advance <laughs> because I, I like to have a plan. And even if we don't follow the plan, I feel better if we had one. So yeah. currently I am planning a trip uh, for my husband and I over Thanksgiving. We're going to Egypt, Israel and Jordan. So that's a fun one because I'm completely out of my comfort zone and have no experience in that area. Um, Food and fine dining is the same. We make some food reservations uh, a year out and we're just completely obsessed uh, with with the idea of chefs telling stories through food. Um, And then vegetable gardening is something I've been doing since... Uh, probably like seven or eight years now. And I, when I do something, I generally kind of go all in on it. So I start all my vegetables from seed and I try to grow enough for me to eat for an entire year. And when it's harvest time, like my kitchen looks like a farmer's market because (laughs) I'm canning and preserving and doing a bunch of stuff. I have software to make like a floor plan of my garden. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, definitely a lot of geeking out there, but those are generally the, the three things that, that keep me busy outside of work. Yeah. Um, cause I think it, it, I've definitely always seen like how people geek out and sometimes like different shades or, you know, kind of their sort of collective interest and stuff. Like I, it was funny one time I was hanging out with somebody like I just met in uh, the greater DC area where I moved and, you know, it was like, Oh, you seem really cool. You know, let's go get a drink. And, um, I realized that we had basically the exact opposite interests. Like, I'd be like, oh, have you seen this thing? They're like, no, I've never even seen or heard of it. And like, and they're like, oh, do you like that? And I'm like, nope, never, you know. And like, or they also like <laughs> did not, like definitely did not like the things that I did like. And we were just kind of like amicably just sort of like, oh, you know what? Like, we could probably hang out, but we just don't have any of the same like references. So like, there's that whole thing. But I think with you, like, I, I have to commend you because I think I very much struggle with like, uh, delayed gratification that way. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to plan this trip for like a year from now. I'm just like, I can't wait. That I'd just be like torture, man. Like I, I gotta, you know, like the most I've ever done yeah. is maybe like four months, you know, or maybe like half a year. And uh-huh, that gives like, me anxiety. Yeah. Like where I'm just like, oh, I want to do that. I'm like, oh, I know it's like usually get a pretty good deal, like buying a flight like two months out. So I'm like, okay, I'll probably do that. And like, because I'm just like, I want to go and I want to go now, but I, I, you know, I want to get like a reasonable price, but yeah, it's just uh yeah, commendable because yeah, it's like you can benefit from planning ahead and either just like preparing and saving or yeah, just kind of masterfully, you know, navigating rewards points and, you know, perks and, you know, uh, any of those sort of things. So, uh, cause I know you've like, you've written about that and, uh, yeah, I've only slowly dipped my feet into that world. And I guess if I, uh, 
yeah, if I was it's really a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, and I guess with all of that, because I'm sure, yeah, many of those like kind of intersect of like, oh, I'm traveling to a place, I'm like, you know, going to a really great restaurant there or whatever. Um, so, you know, any anecdotes, I guess, of just like, you know, you've kind of already answered it, I guess, but just like, you know, these hobbies that you have, like, is it, I mean, you could do these deep dives, you get really into it, you know, you know, some people might say, you know, being obsessive or something, but, um, you know, how do you see, you know, this time that you're spending to do these things and, you know, what makes it worthwhile to wait for, you know, like how do these hobbies and everything positively contribute to your life? How do you see that kind of coming together? Yeah. For you? Um, so travel, I think really broadens my perspective of the world. So when I travel somewhere or when I'm thinking about traveling somewhere, the first thing I do is buy a guidebook or two and then read part of it and, you know, Google the rest. Um, but I'm trying to understand the history of a place, the culture of the place, learn a little bit of the language, um, and, and really try to have a, a true experience when I'm there. And I, and I will say, you know, the people that we've met and the experiences we've had, in places like Cambodia or Panama. Um, now Panama is only in the airport, so that's a really bad example. I was looking for Peru. That's the word, the P word I was <laughs> looking <you> for. <laughs> uh, like Cambodia and Panama, Peru, which apparently sounds like Panama in my head, are, are the two places that really jump out as like I learned a lot about the people and the background and the, the, the society there. Um, as well as the food for sure. Um, but it really, you know, it, it grounds us a little bit because we, we live a really stinking privileged life in this country. Um, and really understanding, you know, where other folks have come from and getting to know them. And then sometimes even staying in touch after we leave really helps me make sure I get out of my bubble as much as possible. Um, and, and vegetable gardening. Uh, so I had some student, uh, some classmates in my doctoral program at Cardinal Stretch University. Um, being a faith-based institution, there were conversations about faith in the classroom. And I struggled with that because I do not identify with any sort of mainstream faith-based institution. And the folks that knew me, that had gotten to know me over a couple of years there, uh, they actually said, you know, I, I sort of think vegetable gardening is your spirituality. Mm. And I thought about that and I reflected on it and I'm going to go with that now. Um, cause if you think about it, like it helps me appreciate the beginning, the middle and the end of life for this, you know, vegetable type thing. It, it, it gives me time out in nature where I have nothing to do, but dig in the dirt, um, and it really is sort of my relaxation and centering activity. Um, so I, I'm going to roll with that <laughs> and say mm -hmm. that gardening is my spirituality. And then for food, um, if I don't cite my husband on this comment, he'll be very angry at me. So Aaron Gross uh, has really helped me to appreciate uh, that food is really like art, Mm -hmm. particularly the fine dining food that we strive to go try a couple times a year. You know, it's, if, if you watch chef's table or something, it's these artists are saying, I'm telling a story with food. I want the meal to take you on an adventure and provoke emotion. And that is why we get so excited about where we're going. We research the chef and why we take a picture of everything we eat so that we can remember it later. Like that is really our art appreciation is seeing what these chefs have put on the plate. So now, I think my hobbies are really kind of contributing positively to my life in ways that, you know, a classroom could as well. But they're a fun way for me to keep learning and connecting with people in the world and ideas. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I, yeah, just like that deeper, you know, that's what I always love to hear when people have, you know, all sorts of different hobbies where sometimes you might just mindlessly be like, well, I just, you know, I like doing it. It's fun or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, there's value in that. But uh, yeah, just like you, because like for me, like I love craft beer and I feel like that's such like a way to find very creative people doing something that they're really into. You get kind of like local flavor and, you know, there's just independent small businesses in the areas and they just are always a helpful little like uh, guide point for us when we like visit different uh, cities and stuff. So um, yeah, I guess just even like whatever you might do, having that deeper understanding of the value that it gives your life. Cause like, hopefully you don't do things that don't kind of nourish you, you know, or sort of like allow for connection to other people, you know, expand your horizons. And maybe, you know, you know, when you get out of your bubble and you come back home, you're like, Oh, I had the, you know, it's like synapses connect and I, you know, came up with a new idea or just even like kind of, you know, I, I always say kind of like zenning out, like you kind of just like, I think can be calmed and um, kind of find your place in the world, you know, or just sort of this appreciation yeah. of the world and humanity and art and beauty and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, there's kind of unique things that you're into and kind of how they uh, all come together for you. Um, and yeah. I guess, um, you know, maybe when you're traveling or you know, uh, doing anything else, when you're kind of like plugging in for work or whatnot, um, what are things that you're like, you're reading, you're watching, you're listening to any sort of stuff that you're consuming right now that you'd want to, you know, just give a shout out to that we can uh, include in the show notes. So, um, I'm not reading enough. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, one of the things I said I wanted to do more in 2018 was read and I've been doing a very bad job at that. Um, I've been working on the same book since January, which is speed of trust by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a bunch of other books in my bookshelf I have yet to read. Um, so I probably read more Twitter than books, which mm. is unfortunate. And I'm trying to do better. Um, watching. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of new things. Um, and only recently has the internet at our house in the country been fast enough to stream Netflix. So, um, so my, my watching is pretty much like Grey's Anatomy and Walking Dead because old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't even like Walking Dead anymore, but I feel like I'm so into it. I can't stop. Yep. Um, like the sunken theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And then listening, I'm completely obsessed with the How I Built This podcast. Mm-hmm that interviews people that started businesses um love that and otherwise i'm also really bad at picking new music uh so like i'm still listening to taylor swift's album um that's been out for a while and i have a a pod or a, a playlist on spotify called slay all day which is what I listen to when I really need to get motivated. Um, but most of the songs on there are probably between five and 10 years old because I'm a little out of touch in that space. So if any of your listeners have recommendations of things I should be listening to, I am all for it. Right. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> include your Twitter handle and you'll get a bunch of new uh, you know, Spotify playlist <laughs> recommendations or something. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it is funny. Yeah, like I, I'm like, I think in the middle on that, like I'm kind of picky about new stuff that I get into. Like I love good like movies and television and stuff like that. But sometimes it's like, yeah, like I, I'm just slow going or I'm just like, oh, I didn't want, you know, I don't want to watch that because I'm just like, oh, that, you know, it doesn't look like something I'm into, but it's like popular in the, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, current zeitgeist. But um, yeah, so I think um, what I'll recommend, uh, 
I just watched the final season. I uh, with my wife, we like went through the entirety um, in one day of uh, season three of Love on Netflix, which I will highly recommend. I I love that show, um, and uh, it's a good one. And um, yeah, but I think it's just like yeah, if you know what you're into, like <laughs> we have we're like awash in content right now, and like at this point, we've far passed like peak content where it's like not all of it is good. So like sometimes you're not missing anything because like every channel and every like brand ever is just like, we should have like a whole TV network and we'll fill it with all original programming. And then Netflix is coming out with like dozens of shows a year. And like, just like some of them have I to be I read somewhere that they're yeah. going to produce 700 things this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know. Because I'm, I'm bummed great. out. Cause, so yeah, two like, a day. Yeah, like because I love good stand up, and they've become like a new home for like stand up specials. But some of the ones that I've watched recently are just like they're not good. Because like, you just that's what's the problem. Like because they're giving them. This is my problem because like Chris Rock came out with one, and like the Dave Chappelle specials, and then like um, like Fred Armisen had one. Like there's these like notable people that they know will draw people to be interested. But it's like because the thing like Love and Master of None and like. Uh, there's other shows on other platforms too, but like that are giving other people the platform who maybe never would have been able to access it before. Or they have a very unique like artistic vision and they're able to realize that. But then if it's like, you're just giving these like stand up specials to these, like people have been around for a while. It's like, they're, they're good. They're done. Like they, like <laughs> their perspective, they don't really have anything relevant to say. Cause like, that was like my problem with uh, just like reading stuff with like Dave Chappelle is that like he was just his point of view is like he was in like a time capsule and he's now coming back and it's like <laughs> the world is very different than when you were the last on the like national stage so it's just interesting <laughs> that way because yeah they're like giving it to everybody whether it's somebody who I guess from my point of view you know whether they're like deserving of it or not or sort of their you know, what they're creating it's just like no nobody can consume all that. like seven hundred new things like nobody's like. I guess that's it's not the idea that like one person is consuming all of that content. They're trying to create like everything for everybody. But yeah, now I'm just like <laughs> spiraling here. Um, if there is that one person that watches all 700 pieces of content, I'm sure they will send a tweet and let them know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me more. I want more content. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, yeah. Enough uh, Netflix smashing here. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll link out to those things that I will. I mean, honestly, and I don't know if you've maybe you'd have, but like, I feel like every other person on this show has recommended how I built this. Like that show is just like having a moment right now. And I feel like they haven't even gotten started. Like there's so many cool people that they could still talk to. And like, yeah, I love it. Cause like, I mean, a bunch of people started recommending it when I interviewed them for this. And like, I was like, oh, I guess I got to go check it out. And then like. Like, yeah, gosh darn it, it is great. It is a very good show. Um, <laughs> yeah, a friend yeah. of mine recommended it about a year ago. So I think I've gone back and listened to every mm -hmm. single one that appeals to me. And now yeah. I just get very excited for Monday mornings when the new one's out. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, we will end uh, this episode here as we always do. If you just want to note something or some things that you are looking forward to uh, in your job, in life, in the world, just kind of you know, wrapping things up here on an optimistic note of what you're uh, looking forward to. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to leave the world out of it. <laughs> fair enough, fair I'll, enough. I'll let somebody else opine on the future of the world. Um, but I'm really looking forward to in my job and my life, um, new experiences. I, I realized that, uh, over the course of 2017, I said yes, a lot of times to things that I didn't know how I was going to do it. 
And every single time I've done that, it has taught me to do something new. It's gotten me more confidence or opened a door that I would have shut for myself before. So I am just really excited to keep saying yes to things, even if they sound hard or difficult or crazy, because uh, you know, I've pretty much realized that um, most people don't ask you to do something you're not equipped to do. So I'm just going to keep saying yes. That's what I'm looking forward to. Good stuff. I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have ways to connect with you and Campus Sonar and all the stuff we talked about in the show notes as usual. Um, but uh, yeah, just really appreciate your time, Liz. And uh, always good talking to you. Um, and yeah, just have a good rest of your week. You too. Thanks yeah. for having me back. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU Podcast Network bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at connectedupod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.